This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. Whether one line of plot holes or two it is movies, it's time to get busy with your friends, Stephen Izzy. of this movie. You know, you know what throws it off? The, uh, the, the happy jazz yeah. laying underneath <laughs> This is not Mannequin. This is, <laughs> this is 1988 Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> and welcome to the podcast. And I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I Learned from, from Movies. movies. Uh, wow. <laughs> Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> Nicolas Cage at his most crazy cages? Ooh, is this Nicolas Cage's cagiest movie? Possibly. Uh, Not a lot of competition. That was Peter Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but first. Fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but first. Beverage me? Ooh, beverages. What do you got for me, my dear? Well, how about we have a little selection from Kona Brewing? Woo! Fire Rock Pale Ale. Boom. 
Because <laughs> that cage is on fire. <laughs> on the rock. Alright. Here we go. Should we have done this one further off? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, we would or, never do The Rock. That's a good movie. Or Rain of Fire. Exactly. Here we go. There's a black cat looking very suspicious at you. Yeah, well, I am pouring a beer over him, so... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so this is a little bit cloudy, but fairly see-through. Nice yeah. uh, dark gold color beer. Got a white head on it. Yeah, got nice, uh, not quite copper, a little lighter than that. Mmm, oh, yeah. a little bit of a hoppy aroma to it. Mm. Take a sip. I think this is a little bit light struck. Okay, so if it's at Mepo and it's in the, uh... So build your own six-pack. Build your own six-pack, they're all light struck. I'm, I'm assuming they put just really old beers there. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, I was looking to see if there's like an expiration date, but I assume they would have taken it off there. Oh, wait, here we go. Born on date? Ooh. <laughs> what was this uh, beer brew? Well, the date, it says September 5, 2016. That may have been when it was bottled. That's probably the brew on day. Clarify, yeah. They tend to put the brew on day. Yeah, it's about five months old, a little over there. All right. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that. Direct representation of Fire Rock, but no, I mean a tasty beer, but yeah. uh, this beer you can definitely tell has a little bit of age on it. Indeed. Yeah. Speaking of stuff with a little age on it, mm. Vampire's Kiss. Oh my God, this movie! There's so many shoulder pads. <laughs> so many shoulder uh, pads. You know what it is? This movie is now a um, a period it, piece. Yes. Taking it's a nice little slice of uh, 1980s America. Yeah. Uh, in so. You want to tell us about the movie scene? Absolutely. Well, it comes from uh, writer-director Robert Bierman. Hey, Beer! Bierman! Uh, he basically did this movie mm -hmm. and uh, a couple episodes of English TV shows. That, this is basically the only thing he's made. Okay. But uh, it stars the Nicolas Cage as oh. Peter Lowe. Peter Lowe. Uh, Miss Maria Cachita Alonso as Alva. Uh, you may know Maria Conchita Alonso. She's in such classics as uh, Predator 2 and, uh, oh my gosh, Running Man. Running Man. I was going to say, she's the hot chicken Running Man. Yeah. Alba! 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 Also stars the lovely Jennifer Beals as Rachel. Wow. Uh, By the way, she's super hot in this, right? Oh, it's 1988. I mean, Jessica Beals is hot. Like today. Yeah, but this is like prime early. Jessica yeah. Biel. And she's got the <laughs> basically hair all curled the up. Pompadour. And curled <laughs> and, oh my gosh. She has a Jerry Curl pompadour, doesn't she? Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, there's also uh, Elizabeth Ashley and Dr. Glazer, the therapist. <laughs> um, and yeah, a couple other people running around through this thing. Uh, apparently, David Hyde Pierce was in this movie as a, it's a theater guy. I don't recall seeing him, but. What's the theater? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> 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 anyway, that's all. Keep talking. I'm gonna look him up. <laughs> Tell us about the. How, so it takes place. He's a yeah. literary agent. Yes, yeah, literary agent. Uh, 80s New York. Uh, basically, <laughs> uh, I think it starts out. He's basically in a club picking up on chicks, um, and he takes a a lovely lady home. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> And very slowly and awkwardly, 
well, quickly and awkwardly, but... <laughs> Drunkenly and awkwardly. Drunkenly and awkwardly. Uh, they're about to get down to business, and a bat flies in through the window. <coughs> and, of course, you know, it kind of chases them off or whatever, or, uh... Yeah, basically, the girl, like, runs out in the hallway naked. Completely naked. <laughs> and he's in there trying to bat at her or whatever, and... Um, a few minutes later, he comes out and says, "Yeah, look, look, bat, the bat bit me or something." Blah blah blah. Like, whatever, it's kind of my place. <laughs> um, and you know, that be that. Uh, the next day, he goes to his job. Uh, I'm assuming a little hungover. <laughs> um, and <laughs> this story is really basic. It's basically what his assignment at work. Uh, an old. Uh, Oh my gosh. Someone he's an agent for, an old author, calls yeah. up and he wants to like frame his first contract or his something like that. His first foreign distribution contract. Yeah. Um, but it's un unfindable, apparently? Yeah, apparently it's filed away, but because it was from like 30, 40 years earlier, uh, apparently it's been misplaced and he uh, sets his, uh, his secretary, Alva. Well, I can't quite tell if it's just his secretary, or she's like a secretary for several other agents in there? I, I think it's one of those things that, uh, it, it, it appears, uh, you know, I'm reviewing this a few times now, that, <laughs> yeah, there's like a group of secretaries who kind of work for everybody, yeah. and because she's like the lowest on the totem pole, he's decided he's going to make her life hell. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But, um, yeah, essentially from there, uh, he starts a slow descent into madness. Apparently that's David Hyde Pierce who pushes him when he, after he's, like, in front of a theater. Oh, it's oh, the, the guy, who, guy who does the crucifix thing at the end, yeah. or whatever, like, ah, back, ah! Doesn't look like him at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, to be fair, you only see the back of his head. Yeah, exactly. 30 years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, so yeah, there's that. Um, and then he starts getting these weird dreams, or ran randomly Rachel starts showing up he and hallucinates. making love to him. He hallucinates yeah. that Rachel the vampire is uh, draining his blood and making love, and he's slowly becoming a vampire. He watches uh, he watches Nosferatu, Nosferatu, and he starts yeah. taking on the the traits of the Nosferatu. He flips his couch over and starts sleeping underneath it. Yeah. <laughs> he eats a pigeon. Uh. Oh, and the cockroach. And the cockroach. Uh, Which, uh, is, is that in your fun fact? It is, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, go ahead and spoil it a little bit for yeah, you. Yeah, basically, uh, he had a real cockroach for this film. Uh, apparently, it took three takes. Um, and he once said about the experience, every muscle in my body didn't want to do it, but I did it anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's method. Yeah, he is. <laughs> what everybody has said, all the interviews I've heard, yeah. is, like, Nicolas Cage become, he had to become a vampire and a serial killer for this movie. <laughs> and a rapist. And a As the movie progresses, um, he... This movie has a very straightforward plot. It's a guy yeah. who starts hallucinating he's a vampire. And in this, for some reason, he has singled out the newest person in his office to torture, to the point where he 
follows her home and drags her back to work. Yeah, she's uh, sick after she a, after he attacks her basically in the in women's the restroom. She called him sick the next day. And With so the goes, greatest woman who I don't think realized she was in a movie till later. <laughs> yeah. She's in the next scene later. With yeah. the, but they run in the bathroom. Elba's screaming in the women's bathroom. Nicholas Cage basically corners her, and a woman comes out stall is like, "What the hell is this?" And she, and like, then, walked, like, almost into the camera, kind of looking at it <laughs> off the side like it was a Fellini film or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh my gosh, this movie's amazing. Oh, this movie. Um, but yeah, the next day she calls in sick, so he go, takes a, uh, drives all, or takes a taxi all the way out there, um, basically is like, oh, I'm sorry, this is a weird, oh, door-to-door service, I'll take you to work, it'll we'll be great. We took a $20 taxi cab all the way out here. Okay, I, 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 I call me Mr. Lowe. Okay. Um, and then, shortly after, he starts going back into crazy mode. So she's like, oh, can we just pull over here? I gotta drop something uh, off my no, brother. Uh, yeah, I gotta give my brother some money. Yeah. Her brother has given her a gun because she's gotta take a long train ride out uh, to this job. And so she stops in and asks for bullets. And he gives her blanks instead. Yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> So I uh, get back to work, and he has another crazy attack. Uh, basically, unless there's a small snippet of it in the trailer, but it's where he's like, "You're the lowest of the low, and I'm gonna, I can watch anybody." He's gonna else. make her work all weekend again, even yeah. though like that was why she didn't come in was because he made her work till like two in the morning. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's right. Like Which, by the way, okay. If this was my boss, I'm just going to like this and sound like I had a boss who was like, you live, you live, you have to work until 2 a.m. I would be like, thank you so much for the overtime. And when I handed it, this like, what is this drawing that's right in the middle of this contract? That would be a bag of dicks, sir. You may eat some. <laughs> I quit business! I'm work environment! <laughs> and this is why I work for myself. Coming up next on Izzy's Gift. <laughs> Like, if I had your job, sweetie, how many people would have already, I have uh, told to eat bags of dicks? <laughs> Probably a few. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what would you have, so, What would you do if one of your manager, like, let's pretend... Oh, uh, uh, assaulted me in a restroom? And <laughs> no, ripped your shirt off and tried to rape you in the basement. That's, Come that's, on. that's later, sweetie. That's later. You're getting ahead of yourself. Let's, let's pretend one of your managers with a name that is unpronounceable. That could be any of them. But let's pretend any of them came to you and said, okay. Steve, you've got to stay until 3 a.m. doing this meaningless job that actually is completely meaningless. Okay. What would you tell them? Overtime. Cool. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> right. You're going to make like $75 an hour at some point now. <laughs> like, only 3 a.m., are you sure? I can probably... Steve, did, did you sleep last night? Uh, what? Uh, what? Steve, I'm going to need you to clock out now. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm going to go ahead and clock you out for 4.30 yesterday. Mm, no. Yeah, I've already done it. Mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds like a fun old time. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so the scene toward the end where chasing her down the stairs into the basement, and he's going got full nutso at this oh, he, point. Yeah, he has. So oh, this is after he ate a pigeon, right? I believe so. Yes. After he ate the pigeon, but before. Uh, oh no, no, this no. is before he eats the pigeon. We're jumping all over the fucking we place. Are. Okay, okay. 
chases uh, chases <laughs> Alma down to the basement. Uh, he says, "Shoot me, shoot me!" Ah, and she fires the blanks, and of course he's not hurt, but he still kind of falls over, and she runs off. No, way. no, no. She no, shoots right. at the floor, and yeah. I think part of it is she's terrified, and part of it is she doesn't want him to know she's got blanks. Yeah. She's just trying to scare him off, like her brother had told her when yeah, yeah, yeah. She, he, he gave her the blanks. And he goes, No, but me, not the floor. And then he grabs her, he rips her top off, and then they disappear out of scene. But And then it's like the next scene is her laying there yeah, unconscious, her. and him kind of going, like, I'm sorry, and petting her chest. <laughs> <laughs> that was awkward. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, so <coughs> excuse me. It's your. That's not my phone. How the fuck? Hey, <laughs> stop touching my phone. <laughs> Jesus, you got bad luck with phone, girl. <laughs> Anyway, moving. Anyway, <laughs> hey, how many minutes are we into this episode? Uh, <laughs> Jesus. 16, and I feel like we haven't even <laughs> talked about that. Uh, so, yeah, um, he thinks he's a vampire. Uh, he basically rapes Alva, and then he goes out into the streets. He, he doesn't rape her, just gross her a little bit. They like, insinuate that she's been raped. There's no thing. Yeah, yeah. They don't yeah. really show her lower half. Yeah, by the way, dark comedy, allegedly. Dark comedy, right? Uh, Do yeah. you remember the trailer at the beginning? The so then comes the a super confusing scene. Um, he goes into, like, a, I don't know, like, like a bizarre store, and he asks for vampire teeth, and they've yeah. got these super realistic ones, but they're $10, so instead he buys $3, like, the plastic ones, like you win at Carnival. Yeah. This scene to me is confusing for a couple of reasons. One, $10... He's, liter- he's like a literary agent. And, I mean, maybe he's like a junior agent it's or something. 1988. But he's got money. <laughs> like, he's got money. He's got a fairly decent, like, New York apartment. Yeah. Ooh, that's the other thing. But I'll get to that after I finish this point. The other thing is, at, like, three ninety five, he way overpaid for this plastic TV <laughs> he did end up buying. You know, I said it like, 69 cents. <laughs> oh, well, they're, they're, like, four cents. <laughs> um, so, I have to say, this is one of the few movies where some... A, a youngish person living in New York with a decent job. He has a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. Very realistic. It's, it's conceivable. It's not yeah. like uh, Lois Lane in Superman where she's got the top corner penthouse and it's like, you're, you're like a field reporter, right? Yeah, <laughs> or, uh, or um, Halle Berry and Catwoman. Like, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, your apartment's bigger than our entire duplex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he, he, he seems to be living within his means. Yeah, right. Like, he probably could afford a little bit bigger place, but then he wouldn't be able to party every night. Yeah, exactly. The, the partying, it, it catches up with yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he, he seems to have a good head on his shoulders if you look at I'm, his I'm sorry, financial ability. Peter Liu has a good head on his shoulders? <laughs> so this is something we also haven't addressed yet. He has a crazy-ass accent in this. Yeah, oh my god, yes. And the first time we watched it, we had to look it up. And apparently, this is based on a book. The character Peter Lowe puts on this accent that he thinks emulates rich people. And he does it to strangers and people he's trying to impress. 
Yeah. Oh, am I stealing your fun so more, more elegant and smarter. It's okay, there's still one left. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so Nicolas Cage does this, but they don't address that. Like, that would have been... The movie opens with uh, him in a therapist appointment. It would be great yeah. if they just made a note of that in that opening scene. Like When you, when you came here from England or no, like, the Upper West Side or wherever... Peter, <laughs> I see you're from Cincinnati. You don't have to put on this... Uh, but it makes me sound like I'm so much more intelligent. This is how we talk in the Queen City, or whatever <laughs> that's called. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, oh my gosh. Okay, so goofy accents, eats cockroaches, all. And we haven't talked about his therapist and her lover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's yeah. Fabulous scene. <laughs> all right. So, so it's actually about where we're at. Yeah. So yeah. he buys fake teeth. He goes into Central Park and eats a pigeon. He throws it up. Yeah. Uh, and then he uh, he calls from a payphone his therapist trying to make another appointment, um, who's the the w other woman you heard in the the trailer there, and she's like you know in a in a silk night robe or whatever, and you're kind of like oh okay like she's she's kind of a rich older woman all right she's you know having a nice night a glass of wine, and you know and she's talking about how they're gonna make an appointment she, he has an appointment for Tuesday and she's gonna move it up to Monday. And then out of nowhere, the, like, Cuban pole boy comes out. <laughs> He's, like, 19 and ripped and, like... Yeah, he kind of comes up behind her, like, hugs her from behind, kissing her neck and oh. stuff. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's talking to a, a, yet another crazy person on the phone who's talking with the plastic teeth, so it's like, Oh, I'm going to appointment for tomorrow. It's supposed to save you for the appointment. <laughs> and we boop it off. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Peter? <laughs> Is this Peter? <laughs> Yes. Can I make an appointment? Is this uh, too small? Not now, Armando. Can we make an appointment? Oh. I think I yes, need to see yes, you. Yes, make an appointment. You, I have Peter. Why are you calling me right now? I have Peter. Uh, I know you're Peter. No, I have Peter. You, you ate a Peter? I have Peter. What are you doing in Washington Park eating Peter? I eat a pigeon. Oh, a pigeon? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll rock up. Well, get, get your stomach pumped and I'll see you in the morning. Okay. Do I have herpes? Yeah, I do have herpes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's how the scene should have gone, right? <laughs> oh, that's not how it went? <laughs> Where was I uh, getting the dialogue from? Um, yeah, yeah, so after he eats a pigeon, he <laughs> goes into a club, and it's unclear whether he actually uh, rips the throat out of a girl or if it's a hallucination. Yeah, it's really weird where it's like... He's doing coke alone, apparently, yeah. in the back room. <laughs> First off, nobody's doing coke alone <laughs> in that place, especially in a giant room with a yeah. weird table. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, he enters this club, and pe it is wall-to-wall -wall people dancing. He goes up some stairs, and there's just this one chick all alone doing coke. So, my first hint, this is a hallucination of some sort. Yeah. Uh, he does some coke, he eats her throat, <laughs> she yeah. immediately dies. Yeah, like, bite, bites her with the fake teeth, and then, like, she starts bleeding, and, I don't know, maybe an ounce or two of blood come out, and she's dead. Like, she's just bled out, apparently. So, on uh, how did this get made? Somebody brought up the theory that she was already dead, and the hallucination was that she was doing the coke, uh, and so when he bit her, she just uh, fell over, and I actually kind of like that theory. <laughs> by that. And it also explains why so little came out that in, right? because Rigor Morris had started. Yeah, the chick OD'd on coke, like, before, so she's just laying there in front of this pile of coke. He goes in in a hallucinate state. It's like, dude, I'm doing coke with this chick, and I'm going to eat her. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. So yeah, so he eats the chick. Is covered in blood. Yeah. Uh, thinks he sees uh the vampire Rachel. Rachel, yeah. yeah. Um, she's there yeah. with another man. <gasps> the gasp. I uh, gasp. Uh, everybody in the club laughs at him, and then he runs out of the club and screams our favorite scene. And the best part is everybody like on the street sincerely looking around like, what the fuck is that guy yelling? <laughs> <laughs> You're really filmmaking. Crazy stuff. Meanwhile, back at Alva's home, she's locked herself up in her she's room. She's, like, bruised the fuck up. The whole half yeah. of her face is covered in bruises. She won't come out of her room. She keeps crying. Her mom thinks, eh, it's not that big a deal. She's just tired from working late. Yeah. Her brother goes in. Her and her brother have a very tight relationship. Yeah, very tight. I don't have a brother, but I don't feel like I would be that snuggly with my adult brother. Probably not. But, uh, yeah, basically, she appears to have co- to confide in him yeah. what happened. And then cut to them in a car and him saying he's going to murder <laughs> Mr. Lowe. Uh, and Mr. Lowe has hit a low. He's been walking around now. It's all night. Now it's morning. And, it, like, the he's sun comes out. covered in blood. The sun comes out. And he's like, ah! <laughs> he's well, he breaks the pallet and gets yeah. himself a steak. Gets himself a nice... That's not more a steak or a quarter of a pallet. He's dragging it's around with him. It's a yeah. javelin. <laughs> He's having conver- conversations all over the place. Ooh, the the delusion he has with the therapist introducing him to uh, Jenny or something. Uh, yeah, the something like that, yeah. <laughs> the perfect match that he's completely sick of within five minutes. <laughs> yeah, so he has. Uh, so he's, he's dragging this javelin hunk of wood around. Um, and uh, he's asking people to kill him because he's a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> and people are just like, uh, okay, New York, keep walking. Still questionable whether <laughs> any of them were actual actors in this film. Apparently <laughs> some of the scenes were shot uh, guerrilla style. Nice. Um, <laughs> it shows. <laughs> apparently, especially the I'm a vampire scene. Yeah. People are like, yep, that's New York. <laughs> um, but uh, I guess that's this great scene. He It cuts to him in the therapist's office all cleaned up, but, like, in his suit and talking to her and saying how he's figured out what his problem is. He, he just needs to find love, true love. Love. And <laughs> she's like, why didn't you tell me the patient who comes in after you? That's all she needs, too. Everything will be just fine. And he's like, also, I... We should hook up you two crazy cats together. Yeah. Oh, this is the answer to all your problems. He gets introduced to this beautiful girl. Uh, and he's like, oh, also, I think I murdered somebody last night. And she's like, oh, people get murdered in this city every day. And then cuts to he's having a conversation with the fountain. Yeah. <laughs> with the stake in hand, blood dripping, all that. Where he's like, oh, this is nice to meet you. I'd be alone. Yeah, and he has this delusion. And, like, from the moment they leave the office, in his delusion, yeah. it's like, I think I want a pretzel. A pretzel? You just want to eat a pretzel? Oh, I can't believe you. You're supposed to be my life partner. I'll spend the rest of my life with you. <laughs> crazy thing. Oh, it's so great. So he goes back to his apartment yeah. with his steak in hand. 
and back to his flipped over couch, which is now his uh, crypt. <laughs> yeah, he just needs a little nap. He just needs to rest it off for a little bit, right? Um, meanwhile, Alba and her brother pull up. Yeah, but just as he's like walking in the front door and everything, like, wait, is that the guy? <laughs> First off, him point out, is that the guy? The guy covered in blood carrying a quarter of a pallet? That's the crazy guy? We should just call the cops. Right? I think you've got a case. Like, <laughs> hey, my boss flipped his, like, completely flipped his cookies. Um, I got attacked. And by the way, he's covered in somebody's blood and carrying around a steak. Screaming, he's a vampire. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so he goes in. Uh, Wait, who goes in? Sorry. Peter Lou goes in, gets out of the couch, like you mentioned, and then the brother goes in shortly after. Um, and. Ooh, what's this? Oh, is that Firebox? Yeah. Fire Rock, sorry. Um, yeah, goes in after, uh, follows him up the stairs, goes into his apartment, kind of sneaking around. What was the weapon he had? Was it the gun? No, no, he had like a hammer or a wrench, big wrench. Oh, it's a wrench, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah a wrench. A, that's a tire right. iron. Tire iron, tire iron. There we go. That's it, perfect. Um, and he's like ready to just beat the shit out of this guy. He's rezzy, ready, but he's also a little hesitant. Like you could yeah. say it's not like, oh, oh, I'm going to fight just for my sister. Shit, I have to do this now. Shit. <laughs> like the, the, the kid I've been talking about for an hour and a half drive in. Fucking traffic. The guy who plays the brother in that last scene, like he's very believable. And oh, yeah. then, uh, Nick Cage, like, grabs the stake and is, like, trying to stab himself. Yeah, yeah he's, 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 like, holding, <laughs> holding, like, right under the sternum and everything. And then the guy comes and he's like, ah, oh, kill me, kill me, ah! ah! And so the brother just, like, kind of leans on the ah! stake. <laughs> Push it down, and it goes through, and well, even the brother's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. I'm going to go now. Uh, skeet. Runs off. Skeet, skeet. <laughs> <laughs> it runs off, um, and... That is the end of Peter Lou. Or and is it? And a cut to Rachel, fade, like a fade into Rachel's face. And <laughs> like, now you're mine forever, my love. <laughs> fade to New York, sunset, and then roll credits. <laughs> that is the film, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. It is asscracker is crazy. <laughs> we need another beer before we talk about every other thing. Indeed. Well, we have, from Ballast Point Brewing, we've had their uh, Sculpin IPA before on this podcast. But we this have, is their and we've had their Pineapple Sculpin. Yeah, the Pineapple one. This and I think the Chipotle Sculpin, uh, early yeah, on. Or Habanero, that's what it was. Yeah, habanero. habanero one. This one is the Grapefruit Sculpin. Mmm, Grapefruit Sculpin. Hold on, just one moment while I fill the bottle. Mm, he's going to pop the top. Will you pop my top, baby? It's <laughs> a different class than before. <laughs> Here we go. Alright. Looks good to me. Mm, this is a super clear, like dark straw colored beer. Mmm, smells good. It's got a nice white cream head. That's a bubble. She's taking a sip. Just seems to be enjoying mm. it. This is a good beer. Yeah. Yeah, very Grapefruity. Yeah, a little grapefruit. Got a little bit of the, like a like a piney note from the hops and stuff yeah. too. Yeah, so it's got a strong hop profile, and the grapefruit complements it. They're like mm -hmm. not competing; they're working really well together. Yeah, if you're a hop head, you're definitely going to enjoy this. If you're not a hop head, give it a try. It's going to be on the hoppy end of your spectrum, but the grapefruit really helps 
um, kind of ease you into it. Indeed. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bell's Point makes a good little IPA. Yeah, they do. Glug, 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 glug. <laughs> hey, don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, fun facts. Fun facts. Super fun facts. This is fun, fun facts about me. Well, uh, you mentioned uh, his accents. Uh, <laughs> Imagine him eating the cockroach, and yeah, it's like the every muscle in my body didn't want to do it, but I did it anyway. <laughs> That's Nick Cage all day, baby. Uh, uh, you know who is also considered for the role of Peter Lowe? Mm-hmm. Who? Judd Nelson. Who's that, Steve? You don't know Judd Nelson? I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you might remember a little movie called Breakfast Club back in the day. He's the job. Oh, Emilio Estevez. No. No, no, no. He, no, he <laughs> Okay. No, he, pl he plays the bad boy. That bad boy, the that's bad it. Boy. Yeah, I'm like, no, he was the other, no, the chocolate was the other What the fuck am I talking about? Hey, guess who's seen Breakfast Club once? He used to not grow up with the Breakfast Club, and uh, oh, I feel like that's a shame. You, you know what movie I know Judd Nelson from? What? Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> <laughs> Go down the road now. Court all of the drunk. Anyway. Oh my god. Yeah, that's really about all I got on this movie. Not a whole lot. But well, I just found an article. 47 things we learned from Nicholas Cage's Vampire's Kiss commentary. What? There's <gasps> commentary with Cage. Oh my god. We need to do an episode on the commentary. <laughs> right? There's some see. things we learned. His name is Nicholas Cage. He's the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. Stay tuned. <laughs> Alright, let's see. Uh, Beerman recalls meeting Cage and getting along very well with him, only to discover a week later that the actor had dropped out of the film. Cage had been uh, coming off high on Moonstruck's critical and commercial review, and he was getting a lot of outside pressure from his agent to choose something with more prestige. <gasps> so Nelson was brought in to replace him, but oh. it wasn't meant to be. Interesting. <laughs> Cage huh. sees this as a brave role to play and says, I'm glad I did it, and it merges as one of my favorite performances. Uh, as with us all. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, so good. Uh, let's see. Did you most of the class... Oh, there we go. Most of the cast didn't understand the, uh, the book that it was made out of and didn't have a good grasp on the material. So that's kind of fairly obvious. Makes sense, yeah. Um, let's see, multiple cuts are, you know, of the film are made. Oh, we already know that. This is actually kind of worrying. Where's the there an stuff? extended version? Yeah, whenever you get a list where it's like 47 things you learned, it's like, eh, four of them are interesting, right. usually. <laughs> let's uh, see, I'm trying to find out about, uh, what the shooting the scenes on the, uh, on, on the street. On the streets of New York? Yeah. Well, while you're doing that... Shall I prepare our third beer? Yes. Tell us about this beer, Steve. This comes from our local brewery out here, Elevation 66, uh, where they did a collaboration with Moylan's Brewing. Mm. And uh, this is uh, what's called the East North Amber Rye. So it's all the best things. It's amber, it's rye, it's collaboration, and it's also in a growler, so it's nice and fresh. Alright, here we go. Oh, look at that. I just gotta find me a cup to put this in. Got a mm. cup over there. There's one right there. Oh, there we go. Ooh. 
Alright, apparently Jessica Biel kept having reoccurring nightmares that Nicolas Cage did not like her as an actress and would come at her sticking two needles into her eyes. Jesus. <laughs> I think she might have been a little insecure. <laughs> Alright, here's the core. Mm. Mm. That is a good looking bear. Mm-hmm. Oh, apparently Nicolas Cage didn't really like uh, Jessica Beals very much. Uh, apparently he said she, he said something, uh, at the time I thought she was a little too soft and I wanted something more punk rock. <laughs> and that's why occasionally he would follow her to her trailer where she slept. And stand over her, attempting to stab her with needles in her eyes. <laughs> huh. That all kind of ties together so well. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, nice little amber color on this beer. A little mm. cloudy. It's uh, pretty standard for rye. Yeah. Mm. Clear it smells like rye. I'm clear than I was expecting, though. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. How's it taste, my dear? So that is a, uh, it has an English yeast on it. You can kind of taste it a little bit fruity esters from the English yeast on Ooh. it. Not overly rye. It's very yeah. well-balanced, mild beer. If you're a huge hophead, you're not going to be a huge fan of this beer. If you're not, or you just, you, you know, you <laughs> if you like a variety of beers, this is delightful. It's very Absolutely. English style. Yeah, I really like this beer. It is pretty fantastic. Mm. It's only available for a limited time, but yeah, yeah Alright, the scene where Lowe goes nuts and destroys his apartment grew more and more elaborate as Nicolas Cage broke almost nearly everything on set. <laughs> None of the items were props in the shot, and it couldn't be reshot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. <laughs> oh, apparently Nicolas Cage uh, rehearsed that in his hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. It's going to be part of that couple family, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, it, okay, so is this Nicolas Cage's cagiest? I mean... I think it might be. Even more than Face Off? The Great Caster Troy? Oh. Uh, there's some other... Yeah, this is crazy one. There were a lot there in the early 90s that allegedly were really crazy, like Wild at Heart and... Uh, uh, I've seen that, oh my god, I forget what it's called, it's one of him and uh, David Caruso, Kiss is in it, Kiss of Death. Okay. Have you seen that? I haven't. He's, uh, if I remember correctly, he, he he's like roided out, like he's got like <laughs> big muscle arms and uh, like, like he's more ripped than like in uh, Con Air. He's just like ripped and he's got like a goatee and he's like roided out and he's like a, uh, like a, uh, no, I keep wanting to say bouncer, but he's like a... The, the guys with the mob, the the muscle. Okay. You know, like, he wants his money. Yeah, he's like an enforcer. Money. Yeah, an enforcer. That's it. Okay. And, yeah, and it's like, Nicolas Cage, really? But, yeah, he he sells it with the crazy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, here we go. This is the thing I was looking for. The shots of Lowe walking down the street at the end, clearly mad and talking to himself, were filmed with a long lens and from a distance. The people walking past him are just people on the street, unaware that a movie is being filmed. <laughs> they take no notice of you, says Beerman. That's what's really interesting. Cage agrees and notes that we've all seen people like this on the street, and he's creeped out if they co- become verbally violent. He creeps himself out as Lowe as he enters the building. 
Yeah, because there were definitely a couple people, like, he was, like, walking by, and he was, like, talking to people, like, oh, could you help me and kill me? And there was, like, move along, move along, just walking <laughs> like, my dog here. Uh, I gotta go to brunch now. <laughs> you know, like, the, the jogger, the, like, skip, skip. <laughs> like, <laughs> goes off the sidewalk yeah. around. <laughs> Yeah. And somebody, like, stares at him while he's destroying the pallet to get yeah. the fight. And they're kind of, like, doing that, like, oh, did I do something? No, I'm going to keep going. Or where he's just, like, dragging it behind him. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, half the people are, like, mildly concerned. The other half are just, like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, dude. I got a bagel to catch. <laughs> That's right. He's catching a bagel. <laughs> So would you recommend Vampire's Kiss? Absolutely. This movie is fantastic. On every level. So good. So uh, good. I like Vampire Month. How about you? I love Vampire. <laughs> vampire movies are fun. But I am a monster movie girl. I like monster movies. And the vampires are great monsters. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Some movies are really good. Other movies are sparkly little angsty demons. Those movies are bullshit. Those aren't vampires. Vampires don't sparkle. Vampires drink blood, and their nails grow super long, and they do a lot of coke. <laughs> I've seen interviews of vampires. What's up? You tell me Lestat doesn't do coke. Somebody out there, tell me Lestat doesn't do coke, and I will show you somebody who knows nothing of Anne Rice's writing. <laughs> Lestat needs a bump every now and again. That's, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get your vitamin D. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so until next time... <laughs> I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything I Learned From Movies. I'm a vampire! 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 Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg, but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're gonna get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now.